Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I am Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe, and joining me today as guest co-host is Senior Reporter Jess Condit. Hey, Jess. Hello. Jess is joining us to talk a little bit about this wonderful, magical little gaming console she reviewed called the Playdate. I don't know if anyone still hasn't heard of it if you're in the gaming or tech industry. We'll talk a little bit more about that device uh, a little bit later in this episode. But we've got a lot of other news for you. Some updates from Apple. We've got some Netflix news as well. So uh, we've got all of that good stuff this week. But... Before we get to that, if you've been enjoying the show, please make sure to subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. And we generally do a live stream of this podcast recording on Thursday mornings at about 10 a.m. Eastern uh, on the Engadget YouTube channel. We are able to answer your questions live there. So if you have the time, come over and join us. So this week, the lovely Jess Condit's review of the Playdate uh, went up on Engadget's uh, website and YouTube channel. If you prefer the written version, it's on our site. If you want to watch the video, it's on our YouTube channel. Jess, can you tell us a little bit more about this device, just like the basic premise of it? Um, it's adorable. That, <laughs> I think I feel like that's where they started. They said, we want something that can play games, but is also really, really cute. <laughs> and uh, hey, they succeeded. I wish I had it with me. So uh, we have uh, we had to shoot the video. So I shipped it over to Chris in in California. Um, hopefully, I get it back soon because he's done with the video now. So, um, but yeah, it's it's from Panic, who's the publisher behind Untitled Goose Game and Firewatch, some pretty oh. you know heavy hitter indie titles. And then Teenage Engineering did the design work on this thing, mm-hmm. and it's this little yellow square. I mean, I swear it's like this big. And it it's it's it has a crank on the side. It's a monochromatic screen, um, pixelated but densely like densely pixelated, beautiful like art in in that sense. And it it just plays a bunch of indie games made specifically for this weird little handheld with a crank on the side. Um, and it it truly blew my mind. Like I know it's it's hipster as hell. Everyone <laughs> in the comments like oh, okay, you have tattoos. Of course you like it. But I. Like, I honestly, I just played with the Steam Deck. You know, I just reviewed the Steam Deck and I felt a type of way about it. It was, it was fine, right? Like I, I didn't get any like huge, like sparks of joy while playing the Steam Deck. I was like, yes, this is a functional machine. There are some issues. There are some positives. It's fine. The Playdate though, when I'm playing with this thing, I just, I'm, I, I'm smiling and I, yeah. I'm not generally into the, the whole smiling thing. But, 
do smile. But, <laughs> I know, I know. But it's like, it's joyful. It's just this, it's this little game with a ton of amazing, innovative ideas packed into it already, just because of, of the, the low-fi graphics, because of the crank, all this stuff. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I had the chance to see this in person as well. It's like, uh, when you say it's small, it's like, like about the size of maybe two credit cards, uh, next to each other and like incredibly thin, thinner, like about the thinness of like the Apple TV remote control even. Um, and then this crank, it sort of like tucks neatly away into, into the, the console itself. So like it becomes a very neat square for those of you who are like, like me who really need their things to be like, very neatly tucked away out of sight sometimes but this the the thing about that crank right it's like such a unique feature to this device the second i picked this up and i think jess you can attest to this is that like i was like oh is there a fishing game i feel like the first thing people want is a fishing game and there is none right not that no not that i know but like yeah Yeah. ridiculous fishing the 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 iphone game would be amazing oh my gosh but that's just where it starts, right? So yeah, yeah. the addition of the crank, we have regular mm-hmm. buttons. It's just a D-pad and A and B buttons, classic. And then the crank. The crank changes everything. So in my review, I definitely like make a point to say the crank is not a gimmick. The crank on Playdate is a fundamental aspect of the system just for exactly the reason you're talking about. This is about rethinking about how we develop games, about what games can do, about what input methods can do. And just like you said, oh, wow, a fishing game would be great. There are dozens, hundreds of other ideas that developers are now like getting just because they see this crank. They say, oh, wow, what else can I do? I haven't thought about building a game in this way. Maybe I'll try it. And I think that bleeds over, that bleeds out from Playdate into the wider industry. This just gets people thinking about games in a new, different way. That's really exciting. I really, really like that. I so just thinking about that crank alone and the idea of a fishing game, like I can understand why it's not there, even if the the thing is a yet, right? Like if the if the issue is figuring out some things, because why like the screen being what looks like an ink ish like black and white screen. I'm not sure the actual technology, um, if it's LCD or or ink, but the crank itself too, it, it moves very smoothly. Like the level of resistance seemed, at least when I was using it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jess was that it was fairly uniformly resistant, right? So if you were to play a game that's like fishing, I figured they probably have to have some way to control the level of resistance you get on the crank to give a more realistic feel to it. And that might not even be built into the play date yet. And and that could be why. I don't know if there's been any official word, obviously, but this is just me kind of guessing in the behind the scenes. Is there a way to tweak the resistance of the crank, Jess? I don't think so. I think yeah. that would be a hardware thing and that the hardware is so, like we said, like so low profile that I think that would be difficult. But like we've seen, the Vita led to the dual sense, which has reactive adaptive triggers. The the tension changes. So like that idea, we can see where, okay, maybe if we adjust the tension, what else can that lead to? Like, yeah, that's hey, maybe play date two, you can adjust the tension on the on the crank. That would be amazing. Uh, but so about the screen. Yeah. Yes. The screen is, um, it's not backlit. It's, um, let's see, 200 by 240. I I forget the actual like. Okay, uh, so fairly low res. But it's it's one bit. It's not backlit. It uses a super reflective um, technology to to make the screen kind of work in almost any light profile. 
if it's if it's absolutely pitch black dark in your room, you will not be able to play. You will not be able to see. You need just a little sliver of light. And if there's too much light, it can get a little dim. But honestly, it's like it it's it was fine. I played with a lot of crappy screens in the past. This was fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. I I feel like so it's, it sounds very e paper like and and again like I have the one time I saw it, it did look like an e ink or e paper like screen. Which there are a lot of tablets out there that do this now. I think we've seen this specific technology of e ink e paper increase steadily. Where like it used to be maybe only one FPS was possible. Now it's like we're getting up to thirty to sixty FPS on some of these tablets. Um, and it's, it's like someone miniaturized one of these things, right. And put a, put a crank and the D-pad and the buttons on there. What is it? Okay. So I have two more questions for you. And the reason I'm asking all these questions is because I freaking want one. So number yes, one, how absolutely. much did it cost? And two, what's the battery life like? Okay. So, um, it costs $180. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, you know, honestly, for for the amount of use I get out of it, you just throw it in your pocket. It fits in girl pockets, guys. Like ah, um, <laughs> like you just walk out with it. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I think it's a really good good price for just the amount of use I've already and enjoyment that I've gotten out of it. Um, and then there's also going to be like a dock that you can like make it a little cube that sits on your desk, and there's a little pen in it, and um, and there's also a little purple case. So, so that's all, that's all amazing. The battery life is awesome. Um, it has, I, I swear it would last a straight week, if not longer, if you, if you didn't touch it, if you just left it on, um, but easily two days with like intermittent play easily two days, maybe even three. It's, um, I think full use, if you're just using it all the way through, maybe like eight hours, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> all these games are fairly contained, so you don't yeah. need a ton of it's like, you know, you're chilling in line somewhere and you can just pull it out. It's a conversation starter too. People will be like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. I I don't really like when strangers talk to me, but I actually could see like exactly. when I Take want to people to talk to me, right. Uh. But when I want people to talk to me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> whip it out and be like, here, talk to me. But anyway. Playdate is your wingman. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. I needed a wing, wing device. Anyway. <laughs> Mark Dell in the chat raises two really good points. One being, yes, it's $180, but if I order now, it's very likely I might be waiting until next year. Yes. And then the other thing that true. Mark mentioned is that this thing has a headphone jack. Is that is that yes. true, Jess? Can you confirm? Okay, yes. Yeah, um, so it has a mono speaker built in. It also has a headphone jack and it has a mic. There's a condenser mic in there and you can use a, a mic, a stereo in your in your jack. So what would you I use mean, the mic for? Are there voice controls or the games that you use? Maybe. Oh what an idea. Oh, the world like, is is open to indie developers <laughs> to play with this game. It, to the, it, this device is amazing. Yeah, it's I love, it's very exciting. Simple I and exciting. I love that idea. Uh, and we also had a question from our producer, Ben, who says, how does this thing charge? Is it USB-C or is it a micro-USB? USB-C. And Good. it comes with a cute little yellow cable that matches the thing. It's great. Awesome. <laughs> they did not cheap out because a lot of the time with, with devices like this, people like to put in a micro-USB-C, which is a micro-USB port. So this is great. Um, so what I was going to move on to really was that like you you do mention that the games that are on there aren't going to take you eight hours to complete. So it seems like they're contained. Are they mostly like puzzle games or like things you would, there is there like a progress, a story arc that you kind of want to go back and finish? Or is it more like for me, when I sit back, I just want to finish a jigsaw. Is it that sort of thing? So like 
this is perfect for the overcooked player in you. Like, oh no joke. It, it's a game oh that you can God. just kind of go back to. It doesn't matter where you left off, right? See? You know. Uh, it's like you, you know it. me so well. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I've known you for years or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well. no, it's like this is... The genres on Playdate already, there are just tons of different games. There, there's some narrative games. There are some like snake type games. Zach Gage oh. made an old school like snake game with a little twist. Amazing. Um, there's, I mean, there's, there's side scrollers. There's like little pew pew shooters, like little ships. It's like, there's, there's everything. There's everything. And one thing that I actually didn't mention um, much in the review mm-hmm. is the ability to sideload games Anyone yes, yes. can plug this thing into their PC, build a game for it, sideload it into the device. Just you just oh. just with your your cable, you you load it up, and then it's available on Playdate. You could sell games on Playdate. Like it's made for this kind of rapid fire creativity. For it's made for developers to play with ideas, test some shit out, some stuff out. You can say shit. Um, it's cool. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm not on here often. I, I know. <laughs> I'm just getting excited. But yeah, I, it's, it's I, very cool. I love that idea. Um, how much like technical expertise would you need sort of to create a game? I mean, a fair enough, but nothing nothing you can't find on YouTube that you can't figure out through Game Maker, RPG Maker. There's a lot. There are a lot of tools out there nowadays for people who really want to make a game. You can you can figure it out, or you can find someone on Twitter who's tagging Playdate and saying, "Hey, I want to make a game. I need a writer. I need a designer. Team up with yeah. people." Like that's how that's, that's how this happens. That is really cool. And I think that that's what leads to what you're talking about, right? About like people getting inspired by this and therefore potentially building out an entire ecosystem. One uh, of our live stream viewers, Chris Angelo Perez said, Sherlyn, make a cooking mama for the play date. And you know what that crank would be good for is to yes. replicate that stirrer action, yes. the whisk <laughs> Oh my gosh, Chris Angelo Perez, like hats off. That what a great idea! I didn't even think about it. All I'm thinking is fishing over here. Maybe maybe crocheting with that crank. Crocheting, I sure, don't know. sure. Because digging a crocheting. tunnel, the, digging a tunnel with that crank. What else could you use that crank for? Spell courts. That's the one that I call out in the review. I mean, it's very much up my alley. Um, mm-hmm. I I like magic stuff, and. Mm, me too. Um, yeah, so it's it's this like really actually kind of dense game where you're just this person making potions and you have an email system where people send in orders and you get reviews after you make your potions and send them out and there's a there's a whole like spell book and then just like you were saying about stirring like right. the stirring motion with the crank so you have to make potions so you have to like smash little coffee beans with the d-pad and then grind them up with the crank and or like chop 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 with the crank and line up line up the angles it's really fun i think it's a really smart like just intro to the play date it kind of uses everything and there's an accelerometer in the play date so like you can tilt it and you can you can actually set the whole system to be played upside down uh, for accessibility stuff or just to mess around with it like you can you can totally flip it the screen responds so there's I, a lot of cool stuff, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned accessibility. I'm suddenly wondering, like, maybe part of that flipping has to do with enabling easier left-handed play. I don't know if, you know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, I think that would be tough because the yeah. screen would be at the bottom. Exactly. But y- you can plug it into your PC and then use a traditional gamepad or keyboard to play games on Playdate because the, it'll show up on your screen and it'll be real time. And you can stream from there, too. So Twitch, YouTube. There oh, you go. Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
What else do you want people to know? I guess about the play date. Let's see. Um, Teenage Engineering obviously designed it, so it looks and feels amazing. There are holes in the corners, and you can string little charms through them. Boom! Aww. Like so. When I did the Vita video recently, I don't know if y'all saw. Um, I just did a thing, kind of talking about like I want the Vita back. Why did Sony kill it? And yeah. uh, well, I think that was a mistake. Um, but I really kind of talked up the charm hole on the Vita, and Playdate has charm holes. So if you needed another reason to get it, like there you go, customize it. <laughs> I have another question for you. Is Charmhole the official name of these yes. things? Oh my Absolutely. god! Okay. No, I don't. I have no idea. Uh, It's just like a little. Ding. I, I will buy you some things for your Charmholes, Jess. There you oh go. My gosh, don't say、um, that on the podcast. Oh no. Okay, this will be、oh、our、no. little secret. Oh no.、Uh, <laughs> this this is really cool. I feel like the the interesting thing too about the playdate. Is that a lot of people, even outside of your typical tech or gaming, you know, silos, are aware and excited for it?、Um, and that thing that Mark、uh, Dell from our chat mentioned about having to probably wait until next year till you get one. Just you have an idea of sort of the supply and availability of the playdate right now. So they're selling like. They're already sold out of their first batch of order. You know, like so. If you're ordering now, you're not going to get it till next year. That's just how it is. Really?、Um, wow. Okay. But you know, it's good news for the system. But I mean, sucks if you really want to play it. Yeah. I I don't even know if we're still in that whole like global supply chain shortage yeah,、sure. situation, right?、Yeah. But we we seem to have not come out of it. So that must be impacting、mm-hmm. this a little bit as well. Everything,、mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Well,、uh, I cannot wait to even if I don't maybe buy one or get one until next year. I I am thinking up game ideas for the playdate already. So amazing!、Uh, let's build something.、Right? Oh my god, let's build something. <laughs> Me and Jess are gonna build a game. We're gonna talk about it in secret, and then we'll surprise launch it to everyone else. But if you're listening or watching, you've good ideas for games for the playdate. You just want to share it with us. You can send us an email at podcast at engadget dot com. Moving on to some other news this week, it's been a surprisingly pleasant week of news, barring you know the the war and Elon Musk. And if you're able to compartmentalize some of that stuff, there's actually been some interesting news this week. Starting with Samsung announced that it's making a Pokemon themed Galaxy Z Flip 3. This is the foldable candy bar style phone that's like a like a razor style flip phone. Um and yeah, there's basically Samsung's making a whole bundle of accessories, and the the phone itself has like a different design on it. It looks basically like a pokeball, but like a like a rectangular version of it. First, Jess, have you seen the pictures of this thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at them now too, and it's just like I love this this stuff. This is、oh, ridiculous and so cute and. How fun!、Oh、my gosh, we were just <laughs> talking about the playdate, and you know, in in earlier part of this show, we said the playdate. The playdate basically is what a Pikachu yellow, right? And so we're looking at now、yes. an actual Pokemon version of a phone, and it. So this thing comes with a bunch of accessories with. Uh, a Pikachu picture case, a custom pack, a Pokemon custom pack, a Pikachu clear cover set. So I believe this is something you snap onto the phone. It comes with a Pokemon pouch with a lanyard 
strap, a Pikachu keychain, a Pokeball stand, and then, you know, of course, it's not just about the hardware. The phone itself will have Pokemon-tuned uh, ringtones, themes, and wallpapers. Uh, this does not seem... The company hasn't announced any pricing uh, yet, but this is likely to be only available in Korea, uh, and it will drop in Korea on April 25th. So... I don't know. Am I flying to Korea? You know what I mean? Like, just let's go. Let's oh go. Gosh. Let's hop on a okay, plane well, for some. Let's. I am so down. I, my bags are packed. <laughs> my bags what concerts are, are we going to see while we're there? Let's oh go. Oh my God. I don't even. We, uh, hell, uh, we, I, we would destroy Korea. <laughs> you just, you wait. Okay. I, I know, Ben, you moved this to the lower part of the show, but I'm going to talk about it now. Okay. Speaking of going to Korea and what bands we're going to see, today, Apple announced, and Jess, this is something you might not be aware of yet that I chose to surprise you with. Today, Apple announced it's adding workouts set to the music of BTS. But not only that, it is going to teach users the actual choreography from the videos. Oh my God. That's all we want. That's That's all all we we want. want. Thank That's you. all we want. That's all we wanted. I Why did someone put dance. my face on the picture of BTS? Someone has photoshopped me <laughs> here on That's the so YouTube version of the Engadget <laughs> podcast. A picture oh, of Shirley no. over, I don't know the exact name of this band member, <laughs> but I have that floppy hairstyle. I, I am leaning, you know, sort of backwards in the middle of some grooves. Uh, I am BTS. Basically, is what we're saying here. Anyway, what is going to happen here is next week, uh, Apple is adding new music to its Artist Spotlight collection featuring playlists from artists like ABBA, Queen, and BTS. And for each of these groups, it's adding you know workouts every week set to their music across categories like core, cycling, treadmill, hit, right? And just just for the BTS part of it, it is going to also have at least one video coming that'll teach you the moves from Mic Drop, uh, Dynamite, and Permission to Dance, which is so aptly titled. So holy moly, I I I'm I don't know about you, Jess. I we've talked about this enough that I think I know, right? I spend enough time watching YouTube dance tutorials, trying to teach, trying to learn the moves from, right? From like, for me, I'm more like Blackpink. I'm like, okay, Blackpink's, how do you like that? I've spent weeks learning and I've never really mastered it. But as someone who has used Fitness Plus dance classes before, I know for a fact that they've actually been fairly easy to pick up when when Apple's trainers do like break down the moves and... You know, I was in a briefing and basically what happens is you're going to have the the trainer um, in this workout session not only break down the moves for you, but also do them in like half time, double time, just so that it's slow enough for you to pick up the moves. Anyway, all I'm saying is Jess, will you Fitness Plus BTS with me? Oh, absolutely. I'll oh pick God. you up. I'll bring you a corsage. It, we'll go to dinner and then we'll <laughs> dance all night. It's going to be amazing. It's a date. <laughs> that's, it's, it's a date. <laughs> this is this is perfect. Like seriously, that's I I don't know why it's taken so long for us yeah. to get like an actual dance tutorial because yeah, it's there are people on YouTube that'll kind of break it down, but like 
this sounds awesome. <laughs> like, give me more. Give me some Mama Moo dances. Give me, oh you know, my like, god! I'm oh my ready. god! Yeah, I I straight up was just like, I need Blackpink in there right now yeah. because Lisa yeah. and and yeah, Mama mm. Moo. I mean, we Jess and I are big like All K-pop fans, and that's why I really <laughs> wanted to surprise you with this news. Um, but also the other thing is these moves themselves. The reason it's I think actually possible this time for Apple to do this is because Apple and Apple Music have that relationship with BTS. So this choreography is actually sanctioned. Like like BTS is aware that Apple is going to do this and teach the actual choreography from their videos as opposed to, you know, some of the other dance workouts that are in Fitness Plus are moves that Apple's own trainers came up with or that sort of thing. So in this case, like it's it's like an official thing, um, which I don't know that anyone else, any other service might have the power to do if they weren't like freaking Apple. And and maybe Google, right? Maybe. And Google doesn't even have that sort of service. They don't have a video workout service that I know of. So gosh, it's like this makes a lot of sense. So my question again, other than will you do this with me, Jess, is A, I don't think you're an existing Fitness Plus user, right? No. I don't do a lot of Apple products. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But does this make you think you might be interested in checking things out? Yeah. This is the thing that might get me get me into that. Cause like, you know, I'm I'm doing at home workouts already. Like maybe if I need to just try this one out for a little bit, this is the yeah. reason to do it. Yeah, for sure. I I've been looking to mix up my routine a little bit. I want to bring in a bit more cardio. And I've been doing fitness pluses dance classes in the past. I can tell you that some of them, if you pick some of the higher intensity ones, um, they do get you sweating. They do get your heart pumping. So it is a decent workout. So the thing about fitness plus is that you're going to need to have an Apple watch. Uh, to be able to even use Fitness Plus, which sucks, I know. For for the people who just want to watch these videos and learn, that's tricky, but... If I, I could use my Samsung Galaxy Watch, right, right. I'd be happy. Right, no. exactly. And and that, the fact that you bring up Samsung is also interesting to me because, right, we just finished talking about Samsung. BTS has been an ambassador for the Galaxy Z Flip, and now they've got their, like, sanctioned choreography in Apple Fitness Plus. They're, they're not playing games here. They're just, they're going to, like, whoever wants us, take us. Like, here, ha- have some BTS. Have some joy in your life. I think, I think that's yeah. the way to go, right? Like, I'm really into that. I remember I bought these, um, the Samsung earbuds that I'm, mm-hmm. that I'm wearing, the Galaxy. And right after I bought them, BTS announced their like special edition earbuds with Samsung. And I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. I should have waited. <laughs> I know. Well, okay. Yeah. I, I would have waited. I will wait for the Blackpink version. I'm still like, right. I love, Holding I'm up. not ARMY, I'm Blink, that sort of thing. We really want to get into the terminology. Yeah. Um, they just have insane dance moves as a girl that I'm like, you know, really wowed by. Um, but the pricing structure too for Fitness Plus, you know, obviously costs a little less than the C Flip. Um, it's, I want to say about like $9.99 a month. I need to double check on that. It might be actually $7.99 a month. Um, so kind of the price of a Netflix subscription in the olden days when Netflix wasn't like really incredibly expensive. Um, well, all those people that just canceled their Netflix subscriptions can just pop on over to Apple now. There we go. I mean, there you go. There you go. That's that's what that money should go to. Now, speaking of Netflix, actually, that's a like perfect time to talk about Netflix because why this week the company had 
its earnings, its first quarter of 2022 um, earnings reports dropped. And surprisingly or unsurprisingly, it actually lost a total of about 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of the year, which like, holy crap, like in the last few years throughout the pandemic, Netflix has been adding like millions of subscribers per quarter over the last year. So this is a very sharp decline. Um, it's interesting that like, I mean, obviously, as you like keep gaining subscribers over time, it makes sense that like you hit a, hit a peak at some point and you're going to see that growth slow. But this this is a big drop. Um, now, one of the reasons you can think of probably that Netflix would be losing subscribers is that maybe people are going out more now that the pandemic is sort of sort of maybe going away. Right. Like we're not we're never going to be too sure about saying that. Right. But like. It might make sense to think that as people go out more, as we're not cooped up in our homes anymore, people might be well, canceling their subscriptions. I'm curious about that, though, because other services haven't had the same decline, it seems, exactly. right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You're totally right. So on the earnings call, um, Netflix did say the pandemic wasn't really the reason. It only obscured the picture is is what the quote is. Uh, and, and it said there were multiple other problems beneath the surface, including stiffer competition from services like Disney Plus and Prime Video, which, to be fair... Yo, Apple TV and TV Plus are both really bringing it. I might, I might give up uh, Netflix to stick to my Disney Plus for for all my Marvel stuff. Apple TV's really been bringing some great series like Severance. We've talked about on this show a lot, um, so that's part of the reason. And then also, uh, you know, Netflix made a decision to halt service in Russia, which which brought that number down. It, it would have added 500,000 customers uh, if it hadn't halted its service in Russia, but then overall it kind of just mm. lost 700,000 after dropping its Russian base, obviously in response to the invasion of Ukraine. So, you know, not a great quarter for Netflix, but I feel like it's not really been a great quarter for the world either. Jess, do you have a Netflix subscription? I do. And I actually just looked at it uh, yesterday. I had to update some info and I've been a member of, like, of Netflix for 10 years. It said since 2012. And I was like, damn, I've given That's them a lot of money. Oh, man. It's a long time. Yeah. And like, I feel like, were they even around in 2012? Was that number right? Tell me. I don't <laughs> know. But like, I saw I it and I was were. like, okay, I guess that's my life. Um, but this is the first time in a long time that I've been like, I don't know if I need Netflix, you know, like I watch Bridgerton. I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but like there are reality dating shows I like on it, but you know, I blow through those and then I'm done. <laughs> and uh, I may, I may have to, I do want to see severance. You know, I want to see some yes, of these Apple shows exactly. that, that like mythic quest you showed me and I yes. really loved. Yes. So yeah, this might be the time to make the switch. I don't know. So, so yeah, no, I mean, the 2012, I mean, Netflix definitely at least existed as like a DVD provider, right? So like maybe that was counted into your time, but I I can't be entirely sure. Um, insane. Uh, our, our live stream producer, Julio Barrientos, is saying that they have been a Spotify premium member since they believe 2010. Just Just thinking about how long these streaming services have been around is insane. It's like, okay, 
they, they're not like startups anymore. And we haven't been thinking of them as startups for a long time, but it's they, they've got years under their belts. Um, so this was interesting sort of bummer of a news if you were like a Netflix investor, I guess. But uh, it won't be gloomy for the long term, at least. Netflix doesn't think so. It outlined a few efforts to maybe turn things around. It says it wants to improve the quality of its shows. Uh, cool. <laughs> Profit from sharing, which is like there's an option for paid sharing in uh, Latin America. And then, you know, bring in more audiences from outside the U.S. where growth was a lot stronger because clearly the U.S. market is a little saturated for Netflix and it has to just make a lot more shows that tailor to people outside of America. Um, but this this sort of turnaround or these sort of efforts will take a long time, I think, to see results. Uh, Jess, are there any shows, yeah, that you like outside of the U.S. audience for Netflix? Too Hot to Handle Latino. Ooh, yeah, Elite. Have you? <laughs> Too Hot to Handle Latino. Okay. Um, oh, there's another. Yeah, there's a few. I watch a few like Spanish language pro- programs. Um, I love it. But does Netflix have to keep growing? Or can right, we just exactly. get a point of sustainability and like exactly. let's keep it there for a while? Um, I, you know, this idea that sure they're losing subscribers, maybe they can now find a plateau where they where they can just sustain, which they've been doing fairly right. well. It just right. seems like the the focus is always on growth, and I don't know if that's actually the best goal. You know, corporate and capitalism—that's what it does, right? They're like just constantly looking for growth. Um, you know, I don't think if Netflix, like one day if Netflix like really has saturated the global market, they're going to be like, oh, so let's, let's see what Martians want to watch. You know what I mean? Like they're going to. It's just like, how can we, yeah. How can we wring even more money out of everyone? And how can we find, yeah, Martians? Like, great. Like, yeah. the, I don't know. It's just, it's a silly concept to me, but it's just capitalism. <laughs> I I hear you a hundred percent. But speaking of some of the shows that Netflix wants to make in order to turn things around, this might not be exactly the show that they're thinking of making, but it was announced this week. Netflix and the Oatmeal, famed cartoon online comic creator, um, the Oatmeal is making a mobile game and TV series based on the Exploding Kittens game. Jess, are you familiar with Exploding Kittens? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Good. I've been on the internet like- for a long time. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Exploding Kittens, for those of you who are unaware, is a basically like a digital card game that you can download as an app for Android or iOS. Um, and it's sort of like Uno, but catty uh, is how I shall I shall put this. Um, the oatmeal. Um, go ahead. No, it's just like from the Cards Against Humanity era of like everyone kind of really into card games and then yes. this like weird kind of edgy humor with it. So it's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Now, yes, I think on the surface, this game, this this like game and TV series on Netflix seem like they're capitalizing on a well-loved online franchise, I guess. But it's not just that. Like this this series has some serious names behind it. It's being produced by Mike Judge and Greg Daniels. We love Greg Daniels. I've spoken to Greg Daniels. Um, you know, the, one of the creators of The Office, Parks and Rec, Space Force. We've also got Mike Judge has been uh, involved in Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hills, Silicon Valley. Uh, and The Oatmeal, you know, has co-written this with Shane Kozakowski, who's behind things like Archer, which just gets me really excited for the dialogue in this show. Um, there's a great cast lined up. There's Abraham Lynn, Lucy Liu, uh, Sashir Zamata. There's just some not super familiar names, but Lucy Liu, holy crap, Tom Ellis is on here too. 
Um, you'll be able to play the game on Netflix next month, and then the show is going to arrive next year. The premise of the show is basically God and the devil are sent to Earth in the bodies of cats. Cool. I just, <laughs> I just want to watch this. Like this premise with Archer dialogue. You know what I mean? Like. Archer style dialogue. I hope. Right. Whoa. I. It's you know like what? Good Omens Netflix meets Archer. Exactly. Yeah. Netflix. <laughs> you can keep my money for a little longer. You can. <laughs> I will stay a subscriber, just for a little while longer to see this one through. I mean, good for you, Netflix, and good for I guess fans of the oatmeal. Uh, just I guess. Yeah. Are you stoked? Good for the oatmeal. Yeah, I mean, good for the oatmeal. You know, I love I love to see these like kind of kind of I feel like old school creators, internet people like kind of, you know, still doing it and making deals, making money like why not? And yeah, big names attached to this. Like the fact that there are so many big names gives me a little hope. Uh, maybe it won't be tragic. I just it's all just a little ridiculous to me. I'm happy it's happening doesn't make me want to keep Netflix necessarily, but mm, it's fine. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing too, is like, this is not only just going to be a TV series, it's also going to be a game on Netflix, right? And we know that Netflix has been trying to make games happen. Some of them are just like basic ripoffs of existing, very well-known classic games, right? But part of this is probably Netflix's attempt to grow further right like if it can branch into other content like we've seen it do with choose your own adventure type shows or like games netflix is like struggling to keep this machine growing and yeah we'll see i guess it's it's really funny because it feels like it's very similar to when you see companies like playstation or microsoft play with a new idea you know like like this interactive video game thing that Netflix is doing, they don't quite know what they're doing with it yet. Like just like Sony didn't know what it was doing with like Gaikai when it bought like streaming services. It was like, ah, we'll try this. We'll see. Um, But maybe that can turn into something. It's just like right now, what Netflix is doing with games does not excite me at all. It just, you know, it, it feels very watered down, kind of shallow. Nothing really has soul. So yeah. I'm waiting for that. Because I think they can get there. They have the money and the runway to get there um, for now. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. For now, the games that are on there just feel like ad-free versions of games I already play on Android apps. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right, well, I guess I'll play this little snake-like game on here instead of downloading an ad-riddled app for it. Um, Sure. Which is fine. Yeah. That's cool. Um, We're going to move on to something that's a little less fun, I guess, which is... (laughs) But, you know, probably good news for some of us. WhatsApp is adding an option to hide your last seen status from specific contacts. Uh, The company is currently beta testing the feature on Android and iOS. So for those of you who are not familiar, WhatsApp has this um, sort of status bar under your name where your contacts or people who have chatted with you when they open your chat window, they can see what time you were last seen. It'll say there, last seen at such and such a time currently there are only two options for this you can turn it off entirely or you can have it on display all the time for every contact so it's nice that whatsapp is considering this option for people who might want to hide their last scene or their their last online time from let's say an abusive ex or like just any sort of 
uncomfortable prickly situation they might be in where they don't want to be stalked um and you know the fact that it's only still in beta testing right now is not as exciting probably but hopefully this feature will roll out soon i think it's a sound tool to add right just like i mean do you use whatsapp no but i use other apps that have similar you know like yeah they're online they've been online this is when they were online like that's it's a lot. <laughs> I turn off my read receipts on my messages, you know, like straight up, just, I don't need people to know when I'm typing necessarily. Um, at least specific people, especially. Yeah. So, I, exactly. I like exactly. I do think that this hopefully pushes other apps that don't already do this to think about it. WhatsApp is one of the largest messaging apps around uh, in the world. So having this feature be something they integrate, um, hopefully pushes other people to do it. For example, like, I don't mind leaving people on red, right? Like, I'm just like, cool. I Like, that in itself is a reaction. That in itself is a response. I don't want to deal with you, right? The tricky thing I see about this, and probably that's what what's one of the questions WhatsApp needs to wrangle with as a beta test this feature, is do you need to first add a person as a contact before you can limit what that person sees? Because that's how some apps do blocking uh, for now, like the like on iPhone, if you want to block a number from texting or calling, you have to create a contact for them first and then block that contact, which I'm like, if it's a spam number, yeah, why do I need to devote address book space to a person before I can block them? That doesn't make sense. So I feel like there's things WhatsApp needs to work out um, before we see this come out as a full-fledged feature and hopefully someone on their team is listening and considers this and figure out a way to make it, you know, not just based on context in your phone book. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that would be a simple fix. That's interesting that they make you do that. Huh? Right. Huh. I don't know. We, yeah. we, Weird. we will have to see. But uh, speaking of interesting ideas, <laughs> oh, <no>. this week too. <laughs> oh my, I'm sure you've seen this this week. Uh, we saw that researchers in Japan have developed a set of electric chopsticks that they say can enhance the taste of salt. So, okay. Yeah, I know, right? So basically, this is a device that's attached to a wristband where, where there's a computer on your wristband. Uh, and then it will use electrical stimulation to transmit sodium ions from food to your mouth. Um... Uh, no. <laughs> the no, idea, dude. I know. <laughs> it makes <laughs> me so uncomfortable. But disagree. The, I know. <laughs> the idea is that like if you can make food taste more salty, it can reduce people's sodium intake. Okay. Sure. Cool. Sure. Uh or salt intake, right? Uh the researchers have been saying that these chopsticks can enhance the perceived saltiness of low sodium foods by around 1.5 times. Cool. I don't know about the electrical thing moving food to my mouth part of this though like how sure are how many people have been electrocuted in this process i guess is my question um and we i, I guess is this a problem that needed to be solved that's all it's like i, I get reducing sodium yeah. intake i understand that yeah but is this really the way i yeah. just don't this doesn't do it for me like Right, we we agree. High sodium intake is an issue. Cool. This is just a very 
unique way to think about solving the problem or at least alleviating it because people need to still taste salt instead of consuming it. And well, so and I, we're going to, yeah. I just wonder like, is that that salt craving? Is it just the taste or is it actually like people craving salt? So they're still going to eat salt. Like, I, don't, salt. I honestly yeah. don't know. Maybe they've done the research and this actually makes sense, but <laughs> yes. really, just drink more water, guys. If you're craving salt, it's because your body wants water. Drink water. <laughs> Could be. I don't claim to know. Their- yeah, exactly. I, I don't claim to know all the food science. I will say that this device was, you know, announced in part by um, Meiji University professor Homei Miyashita. Uh, Miyashita also created like <laughs> a lickable TV uh, that was announced at the end of December last year. Uh, cool. Well, <laughs> I got to say, my TV is lickable. It just oh, doesn't okay. taste great. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, I don't. Oh my god. Don't okay. Don't ask. <laughs> we didn't talk about this last year, I guess, because it was released like two days before Christmas. I think everyone was on break. But a lickable TV that has a so-called taste synthesizer uh, built into like your screens. Uh, apparently, Miyashita didn't actually want this to be sort of a tool that everyday consumers can add into their TVs. He actually thought they would be for kooks and sommeliers to, to, I guess, work around food creation or something. And then you can taste recipes from around the world while staying at home. That's not possible. It's not, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you can mimic salts, but like you can't mimic uh-huh. the taste of beef bourguignon or whatever this is. Uh-huh. Like all this fancy stuff. Food. Like, you can't do that. Food isn't just about your like two-dimensional taste bud situation. It's not like licking something can tell you all about a food thing, right? There's textures, there's like chewiness, there's like dry or moistness, right? And and I I mean, cool. I love laughing at stuff like this. Uh, it reminds me that there is still, you know, people who are trying to innovate in the world. Uh, but yeah, I, I, good luck to anyone beta testing these electric chopsticks that make food saltier. If you don't get electrocuted, kudos. Uh, good for you. Let's move on to what we're actually working on. Jess, what have you been working on this last week or so? So Playdate was a lot of yeah. my time um, mm-hmm. this week. And, you know, we're coming up to a kind of dry summer for games um so i mean hey in the chat please let me know what you guys are looking forward to because honestly the slate's pretty pretty thin um but that said there's some like editorials and stuff that i'm kicking around um because hey if i don't have to review a game might as well write something worthwhile right so stay tuned yeah I love that. We'll stay tuned. Uh, Meanwhile, I have been testing a bunch of fitness things out, uh, which explains why I tweeted recently that I love working out for work. It really, really is fun. Um, Things like the Peloton Guide, things like um, some new fitness gadgets I can't really talk about just yet. You can stay tuned to Engadget for for all of that info coming up, uh, you know, next week or so. I did want to shout out what our teammates have been up to around Engadget. Sam Rutherford, senior editor, has been busy, busy, busy. I mean, first of all, he's attending the New York Auto Show or he's attended New York Auto Show covering it for us. 
Um, so you can check out some of his hands-ons. He uh, took a look at the Volkswagen ID Buzz as well as the Indy One, which is a something he described as as part EV, part gaming PC. Uh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Okay. I mean, take a look. <laughs> take a look, and then sure. Sam. Is it lickable? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, not that I know of. No, no lickable <laughs> games? Well, you can feel free it. to lick the outside of that car all you want, Jess. I'm not stopping Thank you. you. Uh, Thank <laughs> you. you Sam, also, Sam also checked out the Logitech Lift, which is a vertical mouse that he describes as being, I guess, just for the rest of us, right? So a bit more accessible, not really targeted at any specific audience. Um and I'm intrigued because I have like arm pain, a lot of back and arm pain because of my ergonomic setup. So, so that's something I would look into. Um, also from other people on the team, Igor uh, published a review of the Samsung Galaxy A53, which is Samsung's mid-rangey phone. Um, short story, he was hoping for it to be more than it was. Uh, and it's just not really much of an upgrade. There you go. And then Valentina Palladino, our commerce editor, published a buying guide to, you know, the best webcams you can get. So if you're, you know, I know Jess, you're, you were just talking about that at the start of this show. Um, and who else, anyone else out there looking to start their own Twitch channel or YouTube hustle? This might be a good one. Everyone needs a webcam nowadays. A good, a good webcam. Exactly. All, all right. Now, after we're all done working, obviously we want to relax. Just tell me what you would recommend I do watch or listen to. Pop culture reference? Okay, yes, I can do that. Yes. Um, how about this wonderful show? You may have heard of it. It's called The Courtship. <laughs> uh, did I talk about I this already? Did no, I you already didn't. talk about this? You've just told okay. me a little bit. Yeah. The Courtship is a reality show. It's like The Bachelor meets Bridgerton. It's, it's a bunch of like mostly American people in... London somewhere, I don't know, UK somewhere, in a castle with a butler, living like they're in Jane Austen's fantasy world, uh, Regency era, England. And there's a woman they're all trying to date. And it's hilarious and weirdly dramatic. And they they dance while doing the farewell. While she's like eliminating one of them, they have to do this awkward dance in front of her whole family. It's amazing. It's ridiculous. I love it. That I mean, you've shown me some of this uh, recently, and and it's incredible. I was hoping to like, if I was ever out of ideas, recommend this on the show and just be like, just recommended this. But here you go. No, this is a very interesting like dating show. Where where can people watch it again? So it's on. I watch it on uh, YouTube TV. I think mm -hmm. it's on USA. So mm -hmm. wherever you can watch USA shows, I guess. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, for me, uh, my recommendation this week, I am sure you've heard of a little TV show called Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. Jess, have you watched any of Moon Knight yet? No, but my little brother is obsessed with it. So. I am obsessed. This is Disney+. Plus. This is the latest Marvel MCU show that features Oscar Isaac as the titular Moon Knight. The premise is incredible. Uh, he is two people inhabiting one body. One of these people happens to be an avatar to an Egyptian god. Uh, cool. I just, I love the lore here. I love it. I, I used to be like such a huge fan of the Mummy series of films. And, right? And, oh my gosh. This, this basically 
it's just kind of diving deeper into that that world, right? Where you have the gods, the like, and then the, you know the superheroes in this situation are their avatars that act on their behalf, and, and you know occasionally are imbued with their powers, but then the gods are also around. It's it's that. It's not just that. It's also the idea of like the two characters that Oscar Isaac plays inhabiting that one body. And so they're like fighting to take over each other. And so a lot of great acting on his part. I'm impressed with his like British accent that he puts on for one of the characters. Uh, I know not all British people will be just because apparently some of the phrasing and the structure of the things that he says are, are maybe melodically a little off, but damn, this has been like a great show. Jess, does your brother tell you why they love it? So actually my brother and my dad watch it together. Um, and my dad is a, a mental health professional. So like he has usually a, an issue with shows or any media that like portrays kind of multiple personalities or schizophrenia. It's, it's always like kind of offensive to him. He loves mm-hmm. this show though. Wow. He thinks they, they've handled it very well. He's actually really into it. Uh, I was surprised to hear that. So, I mean, from that and from you telling me it's worth a watch, I think, I'm actually going to watch this one. I tell me what you think because I have been enjoying it so much. I every new episodes drop every Wednesday. There's about four episodes available right now, um, so there's a ways to go. But I think I haven't been as intrigued by a Marvel TV series on Disney Plus since Loki, which I didn't watch. Oh crap, girl. Okay, I don't watch <laughs> a lot of Disney. I don't watch a lot of Marvel. I know. I like, hear you. I, just, I, I just hear you. Yeah. I'm, I think I might be one of the bigger like Avengers people on the team, you know, than, than others. Um, but no, I, Loki was amazing. And I'm not sure if I will say that Moon Knight is on that level yet, but as a ride, it's thrilling. It's, it's better, I think, than Cap and, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now. Um, maybe, maybe even better than WandaVision. And that's a lot coming from me because I love Vision so, so, so much. So anyway... Watch Moon Knight is what I'm saying. Well, that's it for the episode this week, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Jess online at... At Jess Condit on Twitter and Jess L. Condit on Instagram. If you want to send me or Jess ideas for playdate games that you want to make, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sherlyn Lowe. Email us your thoughts at podcast.engadget.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts. Also want to welcome back uh, one of our, just the more outstanding usernames we've seen in this live chat. I can poop twice a day. Yay. Hey, welcome back. It's good to see you are back to regularity. Yeah, we love to poop twice a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm.